Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another special edition of the For Your Scenes Fire American Soccer Show. This is the USA versus Slovenia review show as we discuss quickly tonight the match that was played over at San Antonio, Texas at Toyota Field as the United States took on Slovenia. And once again, it was Camp Cupcake, uh, mostly a MLS roster of players who have been doing very well on the MLS level. They've gone in there and tried their best to uh, take on Slovenia, but they fell to a final of a goal to nil. And before we talk about you know who, and obviously we all know about our feelings on the head coach, um, there were a couple of positives, not a lot, but there were a couple of positives, I thought, in this match. Let's quickly talk about the negative in the match right now. The turnover at midfield that allowed Slovenia to get that opportunity and to attack down the pitch. And, you know, I, I thought he, you know, Karadisar was covered well. I thought he was being defended okay, but still that turnover was a major mistake by our kids. And when we get inside the U.S. area, Patrick Schulte, who, you know, without a doubt, is probably a future goalkeeper for the U.S. men's national team, without a doubt. But what what he should have done in that moment, he really should have stayed on his line because coming off his line was mistake number one. As a whole, it was mistake number two. But two wrongs don't make a right. And what he did there was absolutely terrible. He left his line, left the net, gave Grandazar uh, a free shot at the net, and he converted it. And that made a 1-0 in the 26th minute. Uh, look, uh, solid pass. Solid pass by Sturm, who found Grand Gradisar, and they converted the chance. And that was the only chance they ever really needed, because I thought the U.S., outside of that one mistake, was solid defensively. Um, but still, though, attacking-wise, they had their moments. I thought they had some very good moments. Brian White who was drafted by the New York Rebels, then traded to the Vancouver Whitecaps, has been a solid player for Vancouver uh, since being traded over there, has really looked strong with Vancouver. He's scored a good amount of goals there, um, comes off the bench, occasional spot starter. I always thought he had it in him. Now, I'll be fair and say I... I did not think he was going to be uh, on the radar for the men's national team. But look, Burhalter saw something in him, gave him a chance. 
And I thought he looked dangerous when he played. I thought he took a couple of solid opportunities, sadly blocked, or the keeper made the save. But I thought Brian White really looked strong and really looked good out there for this match as a starter. You know who else I thought looked okay in this one? Um, I thought Shaq Moore looked good. I thought Dewan Jones looked good out as wingbacks. And then John Tolkien subbed in. He was solid out there as a substitute. But once again, you know, these are the kids that are just going to get a taste of what is to come. And at the same time, I would probably expect some of these players, not all of them, I mean, I would expect probably Diego Luna, who I thought looked kind of tentative out there, was not his explosive self. And look, this isn't an under-20 team. This isn't an under-17 team. It's, a, it's, it's, the, it's the, the top of the line. You're playing on the U.S. men's national team. And unfortunately, not enough veterans out there to calm him down. Because once again, as we all know, it's Camp Cupcake. It's an opportunity for Diego Luna to try and take over if he could at midfield. He didn't do it that well, but you know what, though? I'm not going to crucify him for it. It's his first real taste of it on the senior level. Better to have this match now than what he'll show in the future. But also, if Diego Luna is going to be on that Olympic roster for Paris... By all means, that's where he's going to shine. And that's the next level for him. To me, for him, this is just a reward to be on the men's national team. And he looked decent, could have been better, but was looking a little tentative out there. But I'm not going to destroy him. It's okay. I know there are probably most of you that are looking for anything negative. And there are plenty of negatives in this one, but individually, I'm just not going to aim my finger of blame at Luna because I believe he's a future talent for the national team. And it's just a taste of what we're going to expect him to be, if not now, down the line. And... If he does make it to the World Cup roster, he's probably just going to be there for depth because I don't expect him to be out there full-time. Maybe he'll go to the Gold Cup next summer. We'll have to wait and see what's going to happen there. It's just a guess. But once again, at the moment, I just think Diego Luna, I don't want him to be rushed into the men's national team I just want him to get a taste of it. He got it. I hope he'll be going to the Olympics. And right now in my mind, that is a better trajectory for him to be involved in the Olympic tournament this summer. So we'll wait for that. We'll wait for that when it comes. And we will see what the situation will be. Until then, like I said, I'm not going to kill him. 
because there's no room, there's no right or wrong to do that. Let's just leave the kid alone. He got his taste. I'm happy for him. And that's as far as it goes. Um, I thought Timmy Tillman looked strong out there. I thought he did a do, he did a good job. I had some good moments, had some decent moments, not so good moments. I thought maybe one or two shots weren't good enough. But, you know, they closed him down, so he was forced to take some shots or rushed to take some shots in there. And uh thought he could have been a little bit better at times. But still, though, I thought Timmy Tillman did okay. Not Not fantastic, but did okay. Um, I thought Kamungo looked okay on the attack, looked pretty good in the midfield, did some decent things. I also thought Aiden Morris looked okay. Patrick Schulte outside of the gaff to leaving his line early. He looked okay. Um, nothing much to write home about, but once again, He's going to learn that when you're playing international football, international soccer, you can't leave your line like that. You just can't because he put himself into no man's land. And when you do that, you allow that opportunity to open up more for your opposition. And that's not, you know, league also, you know, you're, 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 you won't get burned too badly on that, but internationally, it's a huge mistake. He should never have left his line. He should not have challenged for that ball and gone that far out. Um, maybe a step or two, but still, though, he should have camped out by his net, by his post, uh, his near post or the front post. Okay, if you want to move a step or two away from the front post to try and have a better position-wise and stuff like that, yes. He should have probably been a little bit better positioned, but he was fine where he was. As soon as he broke away from his goal line and from the front post, that's where he got himself into trouble, and that's where the goal is allowed to be scored. He's going to learn that in international football in a later, later time. Right now, he gets a taste. It's a little bitter, but you know what? It's just a taste of what he's going to be expected to do once either Pat, uh, Matt Turner is no longer there, uh, Patrick Steffen is now, uh, excuse me, Zach Steffen is no longer there, and uh, Ethan Horvath is no longer there as well. But to me, Patrick Schulte can be the future for the goalkeeping for the U.S. men's national team. Um, what he did with the Columbus crew in the middle of last year was great. We're going to see what he's going to do in, the, in his full first full season. But once again, let's just not really kill him for his uh, first start, his first cap today. And like I said before, um, I, I mean, Zawadzki looked okay. Atencio looked okay. Like I said, this is something that's not we're not going to write home about. We shouldn't really be outraged over it. These are kids getting their first shot at the men's national team. And once again, it's their first cap. It's not a full squad. It's not a senior international fixture date. But 
you know, there's been some chatter, some talk about maybe to end this type of situation and just have like a closed door scrimmage like they did with River Plate. You know, <laughs> when you're facing a club like River Plate, that is one of the best clubs in all of Argentina and even one of the best clubs in all of South America. And basically nine players out of 10 will be ticketed for the Argentinian national team. Honestly, that's not a bad, bad opponent to face against. And also this, because I know how some of you take the, you know, the national team seriously, and I'm not saying you shouldn't. You should definitely take supporting and rooting for the national team as seriously as possible. But when it's a closed-door scrimmage, and in one of those scrimmages, it ends in 2-2, and you're letting the national team have it, in a closed-door scrimmage, on a negative note. Honestly, you need your head examined. And the only reason why I'm saying that is this. If you walk away with a 2-2 draw in a closed-door scrimmage in a match that does not count, but you're taking on one of the best clubs in all of Argentina and one of the best clubs in all of South America. And you score two on them and you hold them off and just give them two goals. That's a great result. That's an excellent result. Because honestly, honestly, this is where players like that should be commended for their performance because you're never going to see those players ever again unless you will face them in a friendly or you get drawn with them in a World Cup group or you'll face them in a knockout tournament either in the World Cup or possibly this coming Copa America if they get out of the group. But once again, to go ballistic over a 2-2 draw against one of the best clubs in South America and all of Argentina, along with Boca Juniors, that also develops players for the national team of Argentina, who are the current defending World Cup champions. And you're going to blast these kids? You're going to blast them? because they're wearing the crest and it's not good enough, go see a psychiatrist and have your head examined because you're crazy and you're nuts. Because they did not embarrass themselves. Okay, fine. They probably lost another match to them in another closed-door scrimmage game. It was probably 1-0. But you know what? That's not bad either. And if they get blasted and have the doors blown off of them, in a closed-door scrimmage. That's fine, too. See, you need to know and understand 
who your opponent is, where they are ranked in the world rankings of FIFA, and in the confederational rankings of South America. Because as of right now, Argentina is first. I understand this was not the Argentinian national team, but even national teams will face club teams in a closed-door friendly or sometimes in a regular friendly. When Argentina came in 2010 to play a friendly against the U.S. men's national team at MetLife Stadium, they played a closed-door scrimmage against the under-18 squad of the New York Red Bulls. That team had Messi. And many other top players who play in Europe, mostly at Barcelona or in England, at Man United, Liverpool, who play for Argentina. They played against Red Bull Academy players. And one of those Academy players was Sean Davis. So it happens. It happens. And you know what? It's experience. And once again, to go ballistic over this, I'm sorry. Go see a shrink, get your head examined, come back to me when you've understood that a 2-2 draw against River Plate. Club Athletic River Plate. With the sash going diagonally. And the white shirt. Come back to me when you uh, finally understand what you need to do and what you not need to do. Okay? That's all I have to say about that. But like I said, I'm not going to kill the kids. I'm not going to kill the kids. They did their best. They made one mistake. Costed them the match. They coughed up a turnover. Schulte left his line. The goal got converted. They had several good opportunities to level the match at one, but give Slovenia credit. Okay? They made the necessary defensive uh, prowess. They made the correct moves. They made the correct blocks. They looked good defensively, and they took advantage of what they needed to do against this young U.S. men's national team squad. Good for them. Congratulations to them. They did what they had to do. And now... We go to the head coach. How is it possible under Greg Berhalter once again against a non-top 20 ranked side and you cannot break them down and score three to four or five goals in this one? How is it possible, Greg Berhalter, that once again 
Yes, it's an MLS roster. Point is, Slovenia is not. I repeat, they are not a high-ranked side. And where is Slovenia ranked? Where? In the world, they are ranked 54th. In UEFA, they are ranked 27th. So they're the 45th ranked team in the world. And they are the 27th ranked team in, in Europe. And you could not blast a single goal or convert more than once at all against this side. I have, you know, doesn't that make you irate? Doesn't that make you feel sad and upset that once again, Greg Berhalter's tactics have failed? Now, once again, I understand it's Camp Cupcake. I understand. There's no way. There's no McKinney. There's no Pulisic. There is no Reyna. There is no Balogun. There's no Turner. There's no, there's no Dest or Tim Ream. Or any high-profile player currently playing or applying their trade in the Serie and the Bundesliga and the Premier League in the, uh, La Liga or in the Eredivisie or French League Un and so on and so on and so on. But I'm sorry, Greg, you know, that was just a pathetic excuse of a match. Once again, your tactics have failed us. And this is where, when you've listened to my last show with Fabian Rankel of SBI Soccer, previewing the U.S. Men's National Team calendar for the Nations League and for the Copa America, because there is a possibility. Greg Berhalter has to play Panama twice. And granted, it's on American soil, but once again, Thomas Christensen may be the Panamanian national team is not as strong as our national team, but when you have a better head coach and a better technical head coach that is in his technical area, and to me, I personally feel he is better than Greg Berhalter. He can definitely knock out the U.S. from earning their third Nations League title, but also at the same time, we also have an issue because Jamaica's head coach is also better 
than Berhalter because he was the head coach of Iceland during the Euros, during that Euro Cup uh, run. So, once again, I am, uh, you know, I'm nervous here right now. I'm very nervous right now. I am. Because once again, when you have Mr. Heimer Hallgrimson as the head coach of Jamaica, and what he did in the Gold Cup was tremendous. Last summer, got to the semifinals, unfortunately losing to Mexico. But still, though, got his national team, got his team all the way to the semis. Because if he is the one that's going to lead them to a title, either confederationally and also qualifying for the World Cup, also possibly doing some damage in the Copa America, what does that mean for Greg Berhalter? And what will U.S. soccer do if Greg Berhalter not only fails to beat Jamaica and go to the third place match and fails to beat Panama, but let's just say for the hell of it, he does beat Jamaica, but fails to Panama in the final of the Nations League and then fails against Panama in the group stage. Are, is our national team 10 million times better? Absolutely. Without a doubt, absolutely. Our national team is better. But when you're managed poorly, well, that's on the head coach. And then what is U.S. soccer going to do? Who are they going to bring over? Who's the general manager of the U.S. men's national team? Well, that job is gone. Who's the sporting director of the U.S. men's national team? Well, who? Is it now a Gucci on Yewu? Is he now the full-time sporting director? It's Matt Crocker. And Matt Crocker has already failed. Because he went to the players to ask who should be your head coach. Who does that? Don't ask the players to ask them who your head coach should be. You, as the sporting director of U.S. soccer, should select who you believe is the best fit for the national team to be their head coach. No favors. No buddy-buddy, no pal of mine. Vet your head coach. Or if the interim is doing the job, hire him. No, we want Greg back. And sadly, Greg's tactics have failed us again. Against the 27th ranked side in UEFA, and the 45th ranked side in the world. I don't know what to tell you, folks. I don't know what to tell you. All I know is 
we've got failure. Again, failure at the highest level, which is the U.S. Soccer Federation. And honestly, honestly, as I've said, the 27th ranked nation in the world, and excuse me, I read it wrong, the 54th ranked nation in UEFA, Slovenia. That should be done and dusted. And, and let me also say this. I, I'd like to go to those of you who have told me through social media that any American that does not play in the top four leagues of Europe, they play elsewhere. You know, it's not, it's not worth for the national team. It's not worth for our national team to bring in those players because – Eastern European League is just not strong enough. European, UEFA, the entire confederation is strong, okay? Because if the Slovenians did that to our guys, not only against young kids, but have also done this in the past, against our guys in the World Cup. What does that mean? Well, it means that they're damn good. You can take them lightly. You can take them for granted. I'm not. And that's why those of you that have said this is considered triple A or double A, that's on you. And that's your fault for assuming this stuff can't have that. No, we can't. Because if we do, not only does Greg look like a fool, so do you. Don't give me, ah, they're double A. Ah, they're triple A. No. No. If they're good enough for their national team, then they're the major leagues. I don't care what you say. Do not disrespect a national team because you feel it's not the top four leagues in, in the world and it's not the top four leagues in Europe. Okay? We may not have the ability to watch the First Division League of Slovenia, but they're on the national team for a reason. So let's not kid ourselves here, okay? And the only reason why I give out their ranking to you is this. That's Greg's fault for not handling his business. But at the same time, you assume it's a cakewalk. And it wasn't. And that, my friends is why international football is not the most easy thing to predict when you are a pundit, a Monday morning quarterback, or an 
overrated analyst. Do not take anyone for granted. You take anyone for granted, you're the one that looks like the fool. Remember the word? Assume you're going to make an ass out of you and me. So let's not go there, okay? Let's not go there. Other than that, other than that, the U.S. men's national team falls to Slovenia by final of a goal to nil, scored in the 26th minute by Gradisar, which got the uh, well was assisted by Sturm, and that's all we had on the goal scoring department. But before I say good night to all of you for this one, congratulations, San Antonio, Texas. Everyone over there that supports San Antonio FC and supported the U.S. men's national team today, you did an amazing job. You filled the seats in the stadium. You rooted for the kids. That's all we can ask of you. You did an amazing job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck to you in your USL championship season, San Antonio FC. Hopefully we'll be able to get a second USL championship title. And we'll see what they'll do uh, for an encore uh, from last year. We'll see what they'll do this year. But other than that, you did a great job supporting the U.S. men's national team. San Antonio FC, congratulations getting your first uh, national team match. Obviously, the Alamo Dome has been a great place to uh, host a match, especially if it's a big-time match against a big-time national team. But uh, look, love you over in San Antonio. Great job. And hope you guys continue to get another men's national team match. And hopefully it's another friendly or a World Cup qualifier. Other than that, once again, the United States men's national team falls to Slovenia by a final of a goal to nil. My name is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you very much for listening to me tonight. Join me this coming Tuesday night. Big, big show for you. And as always, please enjoy your football. Thank you. Take care so long and have a good night. Bye-bye for now. Have a good night, everybody.